This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Spice Bags, where three opinionated ladies, Blanca, May and me, Dee, have a dish about food in Ireland from an international perspective. Hi, um, welcome to Spice Bags. We're here with Gabby Guedes. Um, Gavi is a Venezuelan uh, national living in Dublin, and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about herself, but I met Gavi through a wine tasting. Gavi is a very accomplished wine person. She's written for The Taste. Um, she's done tastings in Spanish Wine Week, and she's a big uh, fan of everything wine, but also she's a Venezuelan, and she has a lot of things to tell us about Venezuelan food. Um, hi, Blanca. Thank you so much for inviting me. Always happy to talk about food. Um, about Venezuelan food, the main thing that I could say, uh, obviously, is that I think it's delicious and it's very, very approachable. And I feel like because until relatively recently uh, there wasn't a large amount of immigration, it's not as well known abroad as you will have food from other countries but in the last 20 years or so because we brought it with us it's become more popular you start to see food trucks and then they do well and they they start restaurants and then there's a demand for products and that's happening in Dublin and I think that because um, some of the ingredients are very international due to the history of Venezuela itself um, there's a lot of influence from lots of different cultures um it's something that feels familiar to a lot of people in a lot of places like we we do a lot of um simple recipes um like day to day like all oh, the arepas which um is the corn bread or cachapas which is also a corn base it's like a corn pancake but then we also have the more complex um type of recipe like oh in christmas uh the ajacas which are always a big occasion to make because you you really need to give yourself a couple of days and invite some friends just because they are time consuming. You have the stew, you have the dough, you have to wrap them, you have to boil them. So there's that, I'd say that it's very versatile and there's a bit of everything and a lot of options. Yeah. Okay, and tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up from Venezuela in Ireland. What's the connection? Well, um, I since I was very young, I, I had this idea that I wanted to have the experience of living abroad. And I think that the fact that uh, part of my family has European heritage uh, made Europe, in, in a way, call me more than other parts of the world. I was very fortunate that I had the opportunity to travel um, and I visit different parts. I I traveled to Ireland, of course, but also the Netherlands, Belgium and Italy. And among everywhere that I visit, Ireland just, just, won, just won me over. And every time that I consider, oh, where, where, do, where do I want to move, if I move, when I move, Ireland was always the no-brainer. On, on one side, I, I had been here. I loved the place. And the fact that it's an English-speaking country and I speak the language meant that I could 
you know, integrate better and have more social life. And just, just it will just make everything easier. Um, one big fear of mine was just to go to a place that I didn't speak the language well. I think that's very important for me. And Gabby, I wanted to ask you, uh, we've noticed that Venezuelans are very entrepreneurial and you're a very entrepreneurial person. You've done so many different things in Venezuela and in Ireland. So tell us a little bit about like that spirit that Venezuelans have uh, of being entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think that um, there's, there's a sense of um, personal growth in a way. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time, um, people have a, people. Puedes bueno, empezar si quieres okay. otra vez. <laughs> so, I think that there's there's different reasons why that that happens. Uh, historically, we have a culture of um, small business ownership that's very strong, even since like 19th century and before. There are records of people that will do very well for themselves, starting a cake shop. Or a small restaurant, or things like that. Like it's it's just culturally a thing, I suppose. Um, when moving abroad, it is true that sometimes a person that might have had a senior position or um, a certain uh, type of career um, might not find something, at least not immediately. And then you have all that knowledge and all that skill set, and you are better putting it to use becoming your own boss and deciding to bet on yourself and start a business. Um, obviously, it takes a lot of effort and uh, resources to start a business, but because the food industry um, it's one that you don't have to necessarily open a massive restaurant to start, it is just one of those industries where, like, with a very small start, you can be, be known. Um, you know, a typical example, like, any, time, any person that starts to sell cupcakes and then they have them in shops and coffee shops and so on. So it's, it's a business that offers opportunities without having to start with a massive investment. And if you have loads of people coming that are in their early 20s or in their 30s that may uh, want to start up but not necessarily have the resource to open a shop or to... Uh, open something different then the food industry um, it's a very strong option and I also think that because uh, there's that wealth of recipes and flavors that are new there's a unique selling proposition that people have um, obviously something that for me it's um, it's a recipe that I've tried a thousand times for somebody that has never tried it it's something new and exciting so so you you, you have that in your favor like you bring something new yeah i wanted to ask you gabby about the community of venezuelans in ireland are you part of that community how big is the community sure. um, just a little bit about the community um, of venezuelan in ireland is relatively ireland. small um last time i checked and uh, there were around 1200 people uh, venezuelan uh, living in ireland uh, which compared to communities in Spain or Miami or Colombia, it's tiny. Um, but it's small. But because there's loads of similarities, um, a lot of people arrived in a period of five or eight years. So similar time, similar age group, 
young professionals, we have a lot in common. So it's it's closely knit. Um, there is actually um, a website and an organization. Uh, I believe they they are either registered um, or in the process of registering uh, as an organization, which is called Venezuelan Community in Ireland. And it's it's a it's a good spot to contact um, for people that want to be in touch, want to learn about the culture, uh, want to donate and help because obviously we know that uh, some people are struggling, um, which is it's very unfortunate. But at least uh, this community is, is doing their bit um, to make it better, I suppose. Um, there is not a massive amount of activity. Um, obviously, in 2020, even less because events are not happening. But there are occasional initiatives. Uh, every Christmas, there's um, like a Venezuelan special farmers market. Uh, they've done concerts. So, yeah, I'd say it's it's small, but um, it has a lot of heart. Hi, we're here in Spice Bags podcast with Jeannie Maltese. Um, Jeannie is a TV chef and she's going to tell us a little bit about Venezuelan food and her favorite recipes. Thank you. Hi, Thank Jeannie. You so How are you? Me. Thank you. Hi. Great. Great to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. This is great fun. Tell us a little bit about Venezuelan food. You're from Venezuela. Mm. You fell in love with an Irishman like so many <laughs> Latinas and Spanish and Chinese who live in Ireland. Tell us about Venezuelan food. We're very excited to find out what are the staples, what what are why are we should be getting excited about Venezuelan food. It is very interesting though because I've been away. I moved out of Venezuela 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, there were no many Latin people that I knew in uh, Galway, specifically where I moved in. And I think it was brilliant to see how so many Venezuelans are now and here, especially a lot of young people, and they're trying to bring in their culture and their food and all of this. But it is very interesting to see, especially in New York, it is huge. Um, this Venezuelan influence is so exciting especially because they're very different um, elements to the food in comparison to Mexico, which is a lot of chili and all of that. None of that in Venezuela. You know, you work a lot with very fresh ingredients and lots of sofrito, what will be uh, onions and garlic and spring onions, and that will print the flavor. But it's not over spice that you will have probably in India. You know, you don't put too many spices or in Mexico as well. Um, for me, what I found really good, like I grew up looking at travel uh, programs and that's why it really inspired me to travel and learn about other cultures and food and music. Um, I remember always Anthony Bourdain always said um, the best type of foods were the ones that come from poverty or, you know, very humble background. But growing up in Venezuela, what I thought was it was a show off of different cultures. You know, it was like a melting pot in harmony, really. Um, if I talk to you about ayaca, I don't know if you ever heard of ayaca, it's like a tamale or a tamal. It is wrapped in this beautiful banana leaf, which is smoked. 
um, and it has that beautiful smoky flavor. So inside you put a beautiful butter that's very moist, made of corn and a little bit of fat. Sometimes people use pork fat to make it moist. But inside is everything that represents Venezuela because you have an abundance of different cultures. You have olives, you have almonds, you have raisins in there, which is so interesting because in those times when you think about it, the rest of the world, these were amazing um, ingredients together and they were quite expensive, very expensive then. You know, they were all brought by boats. And I find it really interesting that you have then beef, chicken, and pork in the same dish. There was a real show off of the wealth of the land. It wasn't really about poverty when you think about that. When you open an ajaka, it has everything, carrots, onions, it's just so much. And it sounds like there's a lot in here, but once you taste it and they're all put together, they really taste lovely because you have a bit of onion here, meat over there, the sweetness from the raisins, the beautiful briny flavor from the olive trees comes from the, obviously, the Spanish heritage there. And some families will add almonds. Every family adds something different. So that really, for me, sums up Venezuelan food as I know it personally. A really diverse culture um, melted in one pot, and it really works well. In my personal experience, when I was growing up, my mother take take us to different uh, social clubs, and then you have the Arab Venezuelan, the Italo Venezuelan club, the Spanish Venezuelan. Um, so I grew up celebrating all these cultures. Every time was a big paella day, and we celebrating the day for Spain, the international day for everybody coming together and the club, and they have a massive paella and pulpo, you know, octopus, and I absolutely love it. And we celebrate the Arab culture, Cantonese, which is Cantonese Chinese, is huge. Um, in Venezuela. So I grew up with all of that. And that's where I look for food today. Excitement, new flavors, new things. Um, and nothing, I don't see it as, um, it'd be very hard for me to say, oh, Venezuelan food is the best food in the world, because I have traveled. And every time you meet beautiful people, they're very proud of their culture and their food. Italians will tell you, I'm half Italian. Italians will tell you, we have the best olive oil. We have the best cheese. We have this. You go to Spain, it'll be the same. The best olive oil. The, our food is the best. Um, Asia, I have traveled to Singapore and I love food in Vietnam. And I found in Singapore, it was a bit like a bit of Venezuela when I was growing up. Amazing food from all over the world. Um, and this all beautiful hawker towns and you go in and you can taste anything you wish so that will sum up for me the, the taste i have in food today and the things that excite me about food i have no i have no limitations when it comes to tribes foods i want to taste something exciting something new something different because of my background that everybody was accepted in the culture where i grew up um, and everybody cheer all my friends were for different uh, cultures i was always surrounded by that um so that's why I think, unfortunately, with the situation in Venezuela now and the way it is now, so many people have emigrated and um, it is very sad. But the positive side of that is just people are getting to know a little bit more about the culture and the food when before it was only Mexican, you know, from Latin America or Argentinian, uh, perhaps Cuban because it's huge in the U.S. Uh, but it's the first time I think Venezuelans have a little bit of showcasing in the gastronomy world for the first time. And tell us, what would be the your favorite Venezuelan food to cook at home in Galway? Ooh, okay. It's just, um, it's hard to describe because I grew up in an Italo-Venezuelan home. 
And arepas were not really made. We just go out to eat arepas or things like that. But arepas, for some of you, I know a lot of people in Dublin have tasted them. Um, they're very plain, kind of corn outside. This beautiful pancake is crispy and moist inside. It's fluffy. And then you can fill it up with anything you want, like shredded beef, shredded chicken. You can add cheese, avocados, you name it. Um, they are delicious and they are the everyday of uh venezuelan food but i didn't grow up with them really as such it wasn't in my home every morning like many homes will have but now when i crave something and having a bad day if i really looking for comfort food it'd be best something very simple that reminds me where i come from i come from the caribbean coast which is the beach and then there you have lots of coconut water to keep you refreshed and cool lots of fruits to keep you cool as well but cachapas is one of my favorites it's just basically sweet sweet corn it's like a sweet corn pancake and it's mostly all means fresh sweet corn and you make a pancake out of that and then fill it up with a beautiful fresh cheese like you have talked before to savonero cheese which is my sister and I love her cheese. So I do, will be that. Cachapa, a little bit of butter and cheese. Sometimes people have crispy pork or beef as well, smoky beef. Uh, but it will be very simple. Cachapa takes no, not that long to cook. And it's just like a sweet corn pancake. And it just reminds me of the beach in the Caribbean. Um, that'd be my, my go-to. Ajacas take forever to cook. I will never. Mm. I will and never they're a little bit never. slippery. Um, sorry, did you say that your sister is the owner of Sabanero? Yes, that's my sister. Oh my goodness, that is so funny. <laughs> it is, and she's my sister. A lot of people don't oh. put it together. Um, yeah. Um, she's way prettier than me. My, my baby sister, she's way prettier than me. And then she's like, um, she's so passionate about artisan cheese. And oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We've talked to Diana and we've tried the cheeses. They're amazing. So um, that's so interesting because she was saying, I came here. My sister was here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was so here interesting. I love those cheeses. So you live in the same city, basically. She lives in Galway City. I used to live in Galway City, but I moved out to the countryside in Galway around three years ago. So I'm okay. in the middle of the countryside now, which is beautiful. I'm surrounded by woods and lakes and rivers, so I really like it. But Daya, my sister, is still in um, in the city because she invested a lot of money, you know, machines and her cheese yeah. factory and everything. So she's there. She's center in Galway City. Yeah, I got the ayacas the other day um, and I made them. Well, I got the batter from mm -hmm. Sabanero and I love ayacas. I have some Venezuelan friends that have made them for me before, but I just find they're a little bit like hard to kind of flip when you want to flip them with the cheese inside, but they're so delicious. Oh yeah, those really are the cachapas. Nice. Those are the ones I like. Oh, sorry, ayacas are like tamales. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are the yeah. for them. The lighter you like them because I like those as well. And uh, yeah. I have one son... He's only two, and he absolutely loves them. So he loves ketchup as in pancakes. Um, but you know how kids are very fussy eaters. So that's one that I go to, and he will eat. Yeah. Uh, my daughters love arepas with reina pepiada. My friend oh, taught me wow. that recipe, and they love that. The avocado and chicken inside the yeah. arepa. Um, so creamy. Tell us a little bit. Ginny, about moving to Ireland from Venezuela, how did you... So now we know how Diana ended up here. So how yeah. did you end up here? I ended up here 20 years ago. Um, my parents sent me to London to learn English. Um, and I was so excited, very young and very excited. I was there with friends of my family. And then all the friends of my family were coming from Italy to Ireland 
for holidays and um, they said, would you like to come to Ireland for three weeks? So we came for three weeks of holidays with Dublin, Cork and visit different places. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was just beautiful. And the last place we visited was Galway. Um, I made friends like that. I started meeting people and I was just like, I'm going to change my course from London to Galway. And my parents were not really happy about it. What are you doing moving from London to a little town in Ireland? Um, but yeah, I felt safer because I was mm-hmm. very young in London um, and I have a few little scares in London. So when I moved to Galway, it was just like completely different. Um, I was surrounded by so many people. I was my, probably the only Latin girl around up and down 20 years ago on Shop Street. So I absolutely loved it. And that's why I ended up here. And then I met my husband 15 years ago now. But um, so he's not really the reason I, I came first. I came first because I really loved Ireland. I used to go back to see my family every year. And my mother knew, you're not coming back, are you? And I'm like, no. And then she came over to see. And she's like, I see why you love Ireland. She could see why. And she was at peace because she could see it was safe. And I have great friends and a great community around me. So it was great fun. And that was just I knew I wanted to stay here. My family wanted me to go to Italy um, to live in because of my Italian roots. Uh, but I wanted to learn English. And from here, my plan was to keep traveling. I have traveled all over Europe, but I'm still coming back to Ireland. So I think this is it. And then I met my husband. Now I have my son here. So I'm not moving. See, this is home. <laughs> <laughs> and one last question. You mentioned Cantonese. Um, you know, um, our co-host May is Chinese-American. And she's fascinated by the whole Chino-Latino, like Chinese in Peru or in Cuba, Tell us a little bit about Cantonese uh, food, like Cantonese Venezuelan food. Um, it's just, I'm still looking for those recipes. I grew up craving, I was only seven, I remember craving this crispy rice. It was like deep fried rice, it was so crispy. And it was put in a glass bowl. It was always like fine dining, really. Put in a glass bowl. And then there was a lovely clear stock of veggies, like slightly thick, and a lot of squid and prawns. I love seafood. And I used to love that. It was a lovely sauce, the crispy rice and amazing seafood. It was so fresh. Um, and the same, they will do the same with crispy noodles as well. Really crispy. I don't know if they're deep fried or baked and then a beautiful sauce over it. So I still miss some of these very old recipes. I think they were really old uh, traditional recipes from the people that moved there maybe in the 20s or even earlier than that. And they came with these recipes and they made it available to, and the city where I was living was a big city. So uh, we were very lucky to have a lot of diversity there. And when we go to their clubs as well, they have a Chinese club in my city. Oh my God, the food. Easy things like mustard greens, Mm -hmm. just with a little bit of garlic and oyster sauce. This is amazing. Um, the traditional picking dog, you know, all their veggies. It tastes amazing. It tastes so delicious. And I think that's where my love comes from, um, Asian food, and especially veggies. Um, I've tried to teach that to my son. It's just so much love for vegetables, you know, more than um, the traditional big roast of meat, which you find yeah. in South America a lot, you know, because I come from the Caribbean. I think that's why I love seafood and a lot of veggies and fruit. So, Yeah. I have a lot of friends in Margarita Island, girls uh, who are married to what they call Chino-Venezolano, Chinese-Venezuelan. 
and they are so good looking. Their kids are so beautiful and they're like their accent, their culture, the way they dance is so Latino, which is so interesting to see. And I thought we'll find this when I come to London. You know, I thought London, oh, it'll be perfect. I'll find the same kind of people, but it is very segregated. The cultures are very mm-hmm. divided. Um, which was a bit shocking for me, I think, when I moved to London, really. I thought everybody was going to have a big party and let's get together, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do that with food, which is a great thing. With food, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> bueno, thank you. Can you maybe tell me some maybe specific dishes that you remember? <laughs> um, I love the empanadas. Empanadas okay. is uh, uh, similar to arepas. It's something made with the special corn flour that we have. Um, they mm-hmm. spray very thin, put some fillings in there. Can be ham, cheese, beef, um, chicken vegetables whatever and then they close and it's like a moon half moon shape and deep fry yeah it's delicious and it's very crispy so i love that and my mom make a lot because we were eight siblings so (laughs) can you imagine the amount Um, oh my gosh so is that like i mean i suppose like my mom i mean there's certain you know cook there's certain things you know in chinese cooking for instance right that's like very labor intensive so an empanada sounds to me like it's kind of labor intensive so was it a special occasion or was she just that's a normal food oh my gosh your poor mother yeah. <laughs> yes that's normal food <laughs> and you don't have only one you want to have two three four <laughs> i think my main incentive to start cooking was because I want to make the cake for my kids. Um, We have a dish in Venezuela that we sell for Christmas, and it's called pan de jamón. It's a bread. Pan de jamón. Oh, please tell me about pan de jamón because I've heard other people talk about it, and I want to know your version. Okay. (laughs) Now we are Uh. talking. (laughs) (laughs) I love pan de jamón, but because Mm. I grew up in a big family, so when they bought pan de jamón, one, two, or three, it was never enough. I always want more, and everybody <laughs> wants more, more than one slice. And then I say, one day I say, I will learn to make bread only to make my own pan de jamón. <laughs> and I think that was my two motivations. My kids, um, and the, they need to have my own pan de jamón. <laughs> Yeah. What do you what do you put in your pan de jamón? What is your like? Take me through this because I feel like yes, pan de jamón is like it's a very soft bread and is mm-hmm. filling with ham, bacon, a stuffed green olives, and raisins, mm-hmm. and then we roll it, uh, we brush with egg wash, and bake, mm-hmm. and that is. Delicious, man. Delicious. Can you talk about what, for you, it means to be Venezuelan? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think that maybe the, the political situation is like a, like a must talk for all the Venezuelans, you know, because it's something that 
all we are living is it doesn't matter where where is your place we leave the situation from the bottom of your heart you know um, mm-hmm. to be a Venezuelan um, it's a great thing at this moment Venezuela means to be open to changes to have open mm-hmm. mentality to embrace the changes that are presented for us the Venezuelan is normally not uh, embracing people because we love the country. Um, I think all of us, we are expecting to grow up all in our own house. Yes, but mm-hmm. the opportunity came in one way or another to emigrate. So now you had the Venezuelan diaspora all around the world. Um, over the years, the country forced us to change over and over. Political situation, new limitation, restriction, you know, etc. I feel that part of Venezuela inside me helped me to adapt to Ireland, hmm. a new country. Hmm. And thank hmm. goodness it was a great country. Eh? Not everybody had the same look. Um, but I think this happened at, at all the Venezuela. This force inside yes. us help us to be better every day. You know. Uh, this is, the, and you have the national characteristics. Yeah. Venezuelans yeah. are happy persons, you know, and having a good humor is a very mm-hmm. de- distinctive Venezuelan characteristic. Which is not always a good thing. I tell you why. Okay. Do you see how the country has worsened throughout these past 20 years? And you still see most of the population, instead of taking the situation more serious, they often make jokes out of it. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so sometimes I, 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 don't, oh, I don't like that, of course. I like the good okay. sense of humor, uh, but sometimes yeah. you have to take everything more serious because it's really, really serious what is happening in there. Yeah. One more positive note is uh, Venezuelan. You know, we we need very little to be happy or to find happiness. Mm. Yeah. There is nothing oh, that okay. a good meal, music, someone you care about. And a super room that cannot fix. <laughs> and, and for us, this is, this, is, this is normal. This is simple. We can be happy mm-hmm. very easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it's the best. Talking about Venezuelan food. Yes, yes oh, please. Of course, we have <laughs> Venezuelan food. I think Arepas is the number one. Yoo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is not a specific time for arepas. You can have any time of the day for breakfast, for lunch, for a snack, for dinner, because you can choose what you want to fill it with. See, you can put anything in there. And you can also have it on the road, alone, with a friend, anytime. Okay. And it's always delicious with anything that you put in. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, I think Venezuelan cuisine is at its best during the holidays. We make okay. Christmas so special. Christmas dinner, that is not only for Christmas. It's more like uh, from November through the end of January. <laughs> and it's including, you know, the most typical dishes as the ayacas. I don't know if you have heard ayacas. It's kind of tamal, filled with okay. pork, beef, chicken, vegetables, um, olive, capers, raisins. And it's wrapping banana yeah. leaf and we boil for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, and is that something that you would do, for instance, like, again, you said, I mean, it's it's typical for Christmas. So is that something that you would do as a family? Yes, as a family. It's that, you that's a family uh, dish because... Everybody in the family participates, you know. Mm -hmm. Some of them are cleaning and washing the banana leaves. Some of them are cutting the uh, the meat. Uh, some of them are cutting the vegetables. All uh, maybe the the kids they had to uh, wrap it up with a, a string and a bow. Yeah. So everybody has yeah. part in the art. Yes. Okay. And in the meantime, we are listening music. We are drinking. We are talking, we are laughing. <laughs> As normal, Venezuela. <laughs> it's a marvelous time, I tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the pan de jamón is the other one that is yeah. very traditional that I explained you already about the pan de jamón. And we also normally have like roast turkey or roast pork and, mm -hmm. and a hen salad. It's kind of like okay. a rose salad, but with with ham and maybe some okay. green apples added too. So really, really cool. Um, I love the the Venezuelan Christmas plate. <laughs> uh, it's very rich and it fulfills anybody. We eat a lot, you know. We have a good breakfast. It normally is arepas, arepas with something. That's the main thing. Okay. Or it can be empanadas. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, easy. Uh, then we have lunch. Normally, normally lunch, uh, especially on the weekend, uh, all the families together, we have like um, a starter, main course, uh, dessert, and drinks. You know? And I after see. that, we okay. have okay. coffee and the talking and all this. Yeah. It's like a, okay. like a long, long one. We have a snacks, of course. We have a lot of a snacks. Uh, I talked about the snacks, like uh, like tequeños. Tequeños is kind of yeah. cheese, cheese string, you know, like, uh, that if I love too. And then we have dinner yeah. during the week where everybody's working, so dinner became very special because it's a family time. We love the family meal. We try. Hmm. We we try as much as we can to have the family meal. You know, okay. if it's possible to have lunch and din dinner together, or breakfast, okay. lunch and dinner, that's perfect. Yeah, but when when you cannot, at least we have a dinner together. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it's a it's a lovely time. Everybody is sharing their experience during the day. Um. You know, and that that moment are on your memory forever, forever. Yeah, yeah. that these are the most uh, Venezuelan 
feelings in the family. You know, have family milk is part of your structure, yeah. is part of your principles. See, it's very important. The food for us is very, very important. I would also be remiss because I know you're a pastry chef. Venezuelan sweets. Ooh, Venezuelan sweet. I haven't <laughs> talked to you about the Venezuelan sweet. <laughs> no, I know. I, I need to talk to you about Venezuelan sweet. I can say that one of the main desserts is called quesillo. Quesillo is a rich kind of creme caramel or more okay. consistent um, tropical flan, you know, it's made okay, with yeah. eggs, yeah, milk. Yeah. yeah, so then you can add rum or you can add coconut, uh, a lot of caramel. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, slow cooking can be in Bain Marie or in the oven. Um, but this, delicious, delicious, delicious. Uh, <laughs> also, we have, um, it's like a sweet made with milk. In some part, it's like a like a core, made with milk. Um, okay. In some other parts of the country, are like a block. They make. Do you know the dulce de leche from Argentina? Yeah. It's kind of, but they make like a like a block you can cut. Yeah. Hmm. It's so you almost say boiling down, boiling down that what I would call like a dolce de leche, like you're boiling that down more to, until it's a full no, solid block. No, it's a different process. It's a very okay. art, artisan, you know, style. So okay, you need yeah. a lot of steering and you have to keep an eye on that all the time until it's ready. And hmm. the point to be ready is when it's ready. That's the answer of the of the all the grandma. So when it's ready, hmm. you will see when it's ready. <laughs> so normally when it's coming out of the of the pot easily, it's ready. Then you turn over a, a mold, you know, uh, to get the form. And then hmm. we leave hmm. that hmm. cool down room temperature. So it can be the whole day or two days. And then we can cut and eat. It is, that's very traditional. We make a sweet with papaya, but green papaya. And it's called okay. dulce oh. de lechosa. Because papaya in Spanish is lechosa. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And that, sounds that sounds really good. Yes, actually. delicious too. Okay. It's nice. <laughs> well, I always like sour. So I'm like, woo, green papaya sweet sounds really good. Uh, no, this is, is sweet and a good consistent is is crispy, um, have a good texture, you know, uh, and a, an excellent flavor. Yeah, I I love that. I think one one of my favorite is that. So my mom used to make a lot, a yeah. lot of that for us. Yeah. Okay. So it's mainly that one. You mentioned earlier, said, well, thank goodness, you know, Ireland has good butter. Yes. And good milk. And was that something, is that something that is sort of part of Venezuelan cuisine also? And is that something that you sort of incorporated into your life here? Um, yeah. Dairy products for us are very important. We had a big production of dairy products, uh, okay. special cheese. But our cheese are not a 
hard, mature cheese. They are mm. more like fresh, white uh, cheese. Different texture, different flavors, but they are always very white. Um, and normally the consistent is tending to be soft, not hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of cheese called queso llanero, queso de mano, queso crineja. Queso is cheese, that means cheese in Spanish. So there are a lot of um, kind of white cheese. Butter is essential for us. And we have a kind of buttermilk. It's called suero. Mm. It's a little bit thick, uh, but we use it in a different way because suero can be a food for you. You can drink yeah. or you can eat suero con arepas and with meat, like a, like a cold soup. Yeah. I love that we can have more soft cheese yeah. because the milk produced in Ireland is very high quality. And I think that the, the fresh white cheese can be fabulous with the Irish milk. So I hope that we can have that, you know, mm -hmm. more so fresh cheese and not so mature because here we have more mature cheese normally. Yeah. So I believe this is another technique. But the other thing that we have in, in common is we have a lot of goats. So we have a lot of goat oh. cheese production. Mm -hmm. And that okay. dulce de leche that I told you, in some part of the yeah. country, they are made with goat, uh, goat milk. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So the oh, flavor is, is totally different. But as I say, we have a lot of uh, goats, uh, especially in my region, in my hometown, we have a lot of goats. Okay. And then I come to Ireland and we have a lot of goats too. So the goats are following me. <laughs> So we did talk a little bit about this, which is the Venezuelan politics and how it's affected food. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Um, I know Blanca was talking about, you know, that the harina pan flour not being available. Unfortunately, the political situation has affected every aspect of the Venezuelan culture, including the food. And number one, you don't have easy access to products that we used to as more companies have been forced to operate from a different country. For example, what you say about the arena pan. The arena pan was made always in Venezuela, and it was a big, big factory that employed thousands of people in there. All this is closed now, and arena pan is made now in Colombia. And the back say, made in Colombia, being yeah. a Venezuelan brand, you know, is yeah. it, really sad, you know. When this product is made in another country, the price never is the same. That means Venezuela had to pay double or more of the cost. And on top of that, the government charged the companies extremely high taxes and made the transportation process like import, export, very difficult. Then sometimes you have the supermarket go out of stock of adding a pound for months. Um, this And this is a you know, a main ingredient in the Venezuelan diet. Um, because that's part of the, like, it's what he would normally use in an arepa. Right? Yes, we use for arepa, we use for empanadas, we, we use for a lot of things. Sarina pan is so versatile, so that have a lot of, a lot of uses. There are completely books 
about recipes made with arena pan. Yeah, because oh. yes, we have a lot of love. Um, maybe I, I will try to send you some and you will see the big uh, variation. The situation now is that they don't have shortage anymore. They have a lot of products, but they don't have money because the salaries are so low that they cannot buy the products. You know, it's the other problem that is now in the Venezuelan society. See, they have products, but they don't have customers because the, okay. the salaries are really, really ridiculous, you know, in comparison with all the world. It's like, it's like nothing. It's a shame. It's a really shame. Just to lighten it up. Hmm? Sorry, I can't. What is favorite foods? Venezuelan and favorite foods could be Venezuelan and obviously otherwise, like anything. <laughs> What would be your last meal designed? <laughs> I like to say, but like sometimes like people go, what? And I'm like, you know, you're going to get executed. What do you want to eat? And some people take it the right way and some people don't take it the right way. I say tequeños. I love tequeños. Tequeños. <laughs> Give me 20 tequeños before I die. <laughs> if I don't die for other things, I will die eating tequeños. <laughs> Can you just describe, because we talked about them a little bit, can you describe just at length what a tequeño is? Tequeño is a kind of cheese finger. So we use mm -hmm. a special cheese. Does, the one that I was telling you, that um, soft, white, fresh cheese uh, mm -hmm. that melts inside the dough. So we have a dough, like a big strip, and then we roll around the cheese. It's like a cheese bottom. And then we yeah. cover with the dough, seal, mm -hmm. you know, the edges, and deep fry. Mm -hmm. With that cheese, the cheese is not coming out of the dough. Mm -hmm. But when you open the tequeño, it's melting. And it's delicious. It's glorious. It's a god food. <laughs> <laughs> You can see that I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The canyons are delicious. Are delicious, yes. But we need that special cheese. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, I try good feta cheese. Uh, it's not the same. The okay. more accurate maybe was the halloumi. But the halloumi don't okay. melt in the same way. I try good mozzarella. Yeah. And mozzarella melt in the in the hot oil so it's not working oh, yes so it's that balance mm -hmm. right because halloumi for me doesn't melt enough it doesn't have that stretch yes that you want but then mozzarella i hadn't realized that that would melt too much yes. so it's just become soup mm -hmm. okay we need the right point of the cheese um okay. for the for the good tequeño but anyway we make anyway with all these options trying to keep the Venezuelan spirit alive you know, with us. Are you, are, do you, are, do you have, I mean, and obviously like if you don't, uh, do, do you have any thoughts about Sabanero? Uh, I, I heard about that, yes. Um, okay. I heard from Jeannie, I think is Jeannie uh, sister, Jeannie Maltese yeah. sister. Uh, they are, I think, in Galway. It's in the countryside. Yeah. I have an order from them, but I want to I want to order the Janeiro cheese, and that's the cheese that I will use for my tequeños. Hmm? 
Ah, okay. I, that's, that's yes, I will try that. <laughs> yes. Um, another food that we have uh, in Venezuela, I, I tell you, I'm very fan of the tequeños. My son, he loves cachapas. Cachapas okay. is a, it's like a big round, maybe same side of the uh, tortillas. Do you know the Mexican tortillas? Or yeah. wrap, tortilla wraps? Yeah, it mm-hmm. more or less the same size, but this is made with the sweet corn uh, dough. Okay, but sweetened, it's, like it's 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 got corn and sugar in it. Yes, it's a little bit sweet. Okay, and we normally eat that, of course, with cheese, <laughs> with cheese and butter. Yeah. Okay. Ah, it's delicious. Or or <laughs> we fry with fried pork. That's the other way to eat it. Um. I know that in Sabanero, I think they are making the the sweet corn dough too for cachapas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, I heard that too. So okay. cachapa is a good food. The other food that I really like is arroz con pollo. You know, as okay. Yeah. Yes, arroz con pollo is kind of chicken paella, but with mm-hmm. the Venezuelan touch. That's that's very important. <laughs> What is the Venezuelan touch to an arroz con pollo? <laughs> Normally, in Venezuela, oh. we have a, a pepper. It's a sweet pepper. Mm. It's called ají dulce. Dulce means sweet, and ají okay. means pepper. They're a small pepper, like the like the very spicy peppers one, but they are sweet. They are no, okay. they are not hot. So they look, they look like when you look at like a, the size of a sort of jalapeno or something, there's that, but they're sweet. Yes. So we call sweet because they are not spicy, but they okay. give a special flavor to the arroz con pollo. Mm. So yes. here we don't have it. So I use normal bell pepper. I love the mm-hmm. red bell pepper. I can eat every day with everything. Yep. Um, and this this pepper, I think, made made a big difference. Uh, okay. We use a very good um, chicken stock for that concentrate. Mm-hmm. I try to make my chicken stock with the uh, roasted chicken uh, bone, and then mm-hmm. I made the stock, and that's perfect for my arroz con pollo. Mm-hmm. So it became very very tasting. I think that's there are two of the good secrets. And the main ingredient is a lot of Venezuelan love because we have a lot of coasts. We have a lot of seafood and, and fish dishes. And mm. there is one really popular. It's a kind of um, mix, seafood salad, kind of. Mm. It's made with a vinaigrette, okay. a lot of fruit salad, like okay. uh, mozza, cockles, uh, you can put octopus, uh, anything, okay. anything, pieces of fish, uh, onion, pepper, okay. uh, red pepper, green pepper, all this. All this uh, is normally, it was normally sold on the beach in a small plastic okay. container. And they call it, they call it, <laughs> come back to life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Breaking mattress <laughs> <laughs> because it's so powerful. There, you know, it's a lot of phosphorus there, <laughs> a lot of phosphorus and potassium. So <laughs> it's like a magic, magic food. But you, if you go to the beach on the weekend, you can see everybody with a little pot of that. 
um, they love it. Mm. My daughter loved, she loved that. So I used to make a big jar, like four liter jar for her, and I keep on the fridge. Um, okay. If she had that, she cannot eat anything else, only that. With bread, oh. yes, with arepas, <laughs> with empanadas, with anything. <laughs> There's Venezuelan communities now everywhere. No. Do you think, mm-hmm. yeah, and do you think that they're going to influence, you know, food, culture, entrepreneurship? Like, what would be that Venezuelan mark maybe on Venezuelan entrepreneurship? And I suppose because we're dealing with the food podcast, like with food. Of course, yes. Um, do you know, Venezuela, we don't work. We don't have any preparation to emigrate, as I told mm-hmm. you before. Yeah. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. we don't have this with us. So we mm. had to improvise. Mm. We had to uh, make our life in any way. And the best way that we have is cooking, you know, because you can have different culture, different weather, different anything. But you have your food, you feel comfortable. See, you feel nice. And you want to share that feeling with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the food came for the Venezuela, like the main source of income. So you can see in a lot of countries, Venezuelan professional. The Venezuelan diaspora are mainly big professional people with big qualifications. But you can see them yeah. selling food on the street because this is sure mm-hmm. that that you can sell your flavor. It's like you are you are selling, you know, mm. your heart with that. Um, they normally success because the Venezuelan food is testing. The thing is, Venezuelan food is easy to make. Uh, you only need to know maybe mm. a little bit techniques, but if you eat fresh, it's better. Became a mm. success for all the heart that the people put in that uh, in that entrepreneur. So. Mm. So they are traveling to one country that maybe they don't know the language, they don't know the culture, they don't know anything. But they know what they like. They like the food. They want to show people the food. In, I think that that can be can be a mark. Now there are millions of Venezuelans uh-huh. around the world. But in every country, the communities are not that big. The biggest Venezuelan communities, I think, are in Spain, mm-hmm. Colombia, Miami, mm-hmm. um, Peru. Mm-hmm. But in the rest of mm-hmm. the world, mm, we are not a big, we are still a small minority. So our way mm. on the on the community that we live, I think it's not very, very high. But we try, we try, we try to uh, raise our voice and to show what we are. If you like what you heard or better yet, have a question or response or comment to anything that we said today, we really want to hear from you. So please contact us at Instagram at Spice Bags Pod. Twitter as well is the same Spice Bags Pod. Or you can email us at SpiceBagsPod at gmail.com. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.